This is the time of mourning in which the heart is closest and most fearful before the presence of their Lord. Why is that? Why is the heart most fearful before Allah at this hour? First of all, because the slave has gotten up at this hour for no worldly reason. There is no, you don't have to go to work, you don't have to do any home affairs, you don't have to cook or clean or nothing. The only reason you've gotten up is to stand before Allah No tasks have come up and invaded your mind yet. And so at this time, the heart is in the most, you know, most aware of the presence of Allah But let's now specifically talk about how it's been interpreted. You know, the first 10 nights of the Hijjah and the last 10 nights of Ramadan. A lot of the Mufassirun have commented about the Barakat of these nights. And you know about them. The last 10 nights are the most blessed nights. You know, uh, and of, especially in earning Allah's forgiveness and earning His paradise. Interestingly enough, the first 10 nights of the Hijjah are also the nights, even if you're not making Hajj, if you're making Hajj, of course, this is the mo one of the most blessed acts you can do. But you're encouraged to fast. We are all encouraged to sacrifice an animal. We're supposed to be in union with this incredible act of ibadah and some of the most blessed days of voluntary ibadah to Allah and dua to Allah and fasting for Allah happen in these nights. And what's amazing is at the end of this surah, Allah Azza wa Jal speaks about the people who earn His paradise when He says, "What khuli jannati, enter my paradise." And in the beginning, the days are mentioned in which earning His paradise is the easiest, the easiest in the first ten days of the Hijjah and in the last ten days of Ramadan. Now, aflaha, aflaha is translated commonly, "He succeeded." He succeeded. But there are multiple words in the language and as are used in the Qur'an for success. There's faza, aflaha, right? Uh, najaha also. So which word, and since all of them get translated as success, there's sort of ambiguity between which one we actually want to appreciate at which occasion. The word aflaha comes from iflah, and iflah is a used, word used in the Arabic language for really for a farmer that is about to reap harvest. In other words, when the farmer you know, is tilling the soil and doing all this work, he has no idea if it's going to be a good year or a bad year. But at the end of all of that labor, when it's time for crop season, he's called qallah. That's what the farmer is called. And that's what the word aflaha comes from. In other words, they've attained success, but the success didn't just come to them, it came after a long duration of labor. And usually when aflaha is used, you're going to find some kind of effort mentioned after it. Because you're not just going to find iflah, success doesn't just come just like that. There are some efforts that had to be made. So what are these efforts? Let's look forward insha'Allah. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّهَا The one who engaged in purifying it thoroughly has already attained success. What is it in purifying it? It is the nafs that's being talked about previously. When Allah says, وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا So the one engaged in purifying it and cleansing it has already in, uh, attained success. The activity of cleansing oneself, Allah calls it success. Not the one who has pure nafs. That may never happen. You, may, you and I may be engaged in the activity of trying to purify ourselves, our entire lives. But we'll never get a fully pure nafs. But the one sincerely engaged in this activity, Allah calls that activity itself success. He calls that activity itself success. Then another nuance in this ayah that is a comparison between an ayah we saw before, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ Translation for that one would have been the one purifying himself would have, or the one who cleanses himself has already attained success. So this concern with self-purification 
This concern of becoming a better human being, a cleaner human being, to cleanse your nafs from filth, and these filth, these are, these are batina, in other words, they're hidden problems. Maybe your problem is anger, maybe your problem is jealousy, maybe your problem is lying, maybe your problem is cheating. Maybe your problem is ghafla, you're obsessed with entertainment. Maybe it's shamelessness, you don't guard your eyes. Maybe it's your tongue, you don't, you don't hold your tongue, you just say whatever comes in your mouth. These are all means by which your nafs gets dirtier and dirtier and dirtier. And the person now, this, the one who's attained success is the one who's engaged in the act of cleansing it. But aflaha man tazakka, the one who engaged in this act has already attained true success. May Allah make us of them. On the other hand, is the opposite extreme disease that Allah mentions when He says, Balillahu yuzakki man yasha on one place. Rather, it is Allah who cleanses whoever He wants. So here Allah is saying, we have to cleanse ourselves. And then He says, He cleanses whoever He wants. What's the balance between these two things? The understanding we have is none of us, none of us can actually purify ourselves. All we can do is try to purify ourselves. When we make the sincere effort of trying, who will actually grant us the purity? It is Allah Azza wa Okay, it is Allah Azza But we have to take the first step and try. That is the way we balance these two statements. On the other hand also is the person who assumes they have already attained purity. They don't need to be purified. They are already pure. And this is a serious problem because in some, some you know, areas of the Muslim community, we assume that this one person has attained purity already. So we should go to them to make dua for us or to do whatever it is religious counsel, not because of their knowledge, because they are pure. They are pure, like I'm not pure, but they are. Allah Azza wa Jal says, and by the way, these people who call others to you know, ask them, that they will somehow spiritually elevate them, etc. They consider themselves pure. They consider themselves pure. Rather Allah says, لا تزكوا أنفسكم Do not declare yourselves pure. <laughs> He lets us know, don't declare yourselves pure. You don't, this idea of self-righteousness or having attained a certain level of iman or whatever, out of the question for us. We assume iman for each other, but we never assume iman for who? Ourselves, subhanAllah. When the Messenger of Allah wasallam used to recite this ayah, there are several narrations that he would make a dua. I'm gonna recite to you not all of the versions but the longest version of them. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min qalbin la yakhshah. O Allah, I seek your refuge from a heart that refuses to fear, that feels no fear. Wa min nafsin la tashba'. And I fear, I seek your refuge from a nafs, a conscience that is never fulfilled. Meaning it's always running after more things, it's never, qual- it's never tranquil, it's never satisfied. وَمِن دَعْوَةٍ لَا يُسْتَجَابُ لَهَا And I seek your refuge from a prayer that is not going to be answered. Meaning you're asking Allah Azza wa Jal and it won't be answered. اللَّهُمَّ آتِي نَفْسِي تَقْوَاهَا Oh Allah, grant my nafs, that same thing, my conscience, grant it its protection. You know, فَأَلْهَمَهَا فُجُورَهَا وَتَقْوَاهَا And the Messenger is asking Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, grant my nafs its taqwa. Grant it this gift of wanting to protect itself. وَزَكِّهَا and cleanse it, purify it. Anta khayru man zakkaha. You are the best, you are the one in the best position to cleanse it or to purify it. Now, khayru man zakkaha means you are the best, but you're not the only entity involved. Who has to engage in this activity first? We are, but you're in the best position to actually cleanse it. So Allah didn't just, the Messenger of Allah didn't just say, you're the only one. But He said, you're the best to cleanse it. In other words, He put responsibility on our side too. Now, the parallel between the sun and the nafs, remember we talked about it in the beginning of the surah? 
the sun, is, Allah gave, a, gave the nafs such bright ability to cleanse itself. He put that inclination inside of it. But it can come to a point like night when it gets overcovered with darkness. And when the nafs, when the cleanse, the nafs is clean, it doesn't just benefit itself, its light goes to others. وَالشَّمْسِ buhaha Also, its light spreads out. And not only that, in the darkest time, the sun can still benefit what? The moon, and the light still comes out. So even in the toughest time, you will benefit. Especially in times of fitna and darkness, you will benefit from a clean nafs because it will be like the moon that brights, that shines bright even in the middle of darkness. And then he, then we read the next profound statement, وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَ خَابَ in Arabic is a really interesting word. It means when you are running after something and you fail to get it. Or you ran out, you really really wanted to get something, but when you got it, it was something other than what you wanted. Like you didn't get what you wanted. Like your kids at Eid or something. The Qur'an says, قَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَ We haven't discussed the word دَسَّاهَ That the one who throws it into the dust and covers it up, and buries it in dust, and completely disregards it. What is it? The nafs. The nafs. Who completely, completely disregards the good potential of the nafs. The goodness that Allah gave the nafs. The one who completely, completely disregards it is setting himself up for major frustration, for major disappointment. They think they're running after something they want. When they get it, they're gonna realize it's not what they wanted anyway. So that's the word khaba with the word dasaha. Similarly, in the previous surah, we found this nafs, this diseased nafs. When he puts himself in the dust, he doesn't think anybody else cares either. He doesn't care about his nafs. Who else is gonna ask him anyway? So, يَحْسَبُ أَلَّمْ يَرَهُ in the previous surah. Does he assume nobody sees him? Does he see that nobody saw him? That nobody has control over him or will have control over him? So, This is the state of the one who gets that imbalance and the only concern in their nafs is pleasures and greed and wealth. Just worldly things. And there's no concern of the other world that balances the nafs like, light, like night and day are balanced and sun and moon are balanced that we read in the beginning of this surah. And how the nafs itself was created in balance. It was created in balance because Allah says, وَنَفْسٍ وَمَا سَوَّاهَا But now this person has lost that balance altogether. Now that Allah has mentioned this imbalance of the nafs, and the one who's humiliated himself, the subject almost immediately switches. And it switches to a nation, not a person, but a nation.